are in the real estate business, and one thing that I have known about real estate agents is they get very caught up with shiny object syndrome. Um, and and I am not immune to this. You are not immune. To, none of us in this room are immune to this or in our office, but I think it's very prevalent throughout the industry. What I want to talk about today is how we can keep agents laser focused on the things that actually move the needle while still allowing some room, some wiggle room for a shiny object here and there. For sure. Yeah, this is one I'm very, very passionate about, as you know, because I think that there's so many people out there constantly marketing to real estate agents, whether it's real estate coaches, whether it's these people that have booths at events, it's the stuff you're getting retargeted with on social, the things you're getting hit with email campaigns on. They just pull agents in a million different directions and cause them to lose sight of their North Star, which is the direction they need to be headed in. So I'm excited to dive into it today. Good, let's do it. Cool, well, welcome to the Whistle Way Podcast. My name is Kyle Whistle, your host with Whistle Realty Group and eXp Realty here in San Diego. And I'm Brian Kochi, Director of Marketing here at Whistle Realty Group. And the goal of the show is to give you the tools, techniques, and tactics to go out there and crush it in your business. The way that we like to do that is to answer the questions that you have for us. So if you ever have a question you want to have us answer on a future episode of the show, you can always go to thewhistleway.com. You can ask us questions on there. Subscribe to the podcast, the YouTube channel. Join our Facebook private group, our email newsletter, um, or get dialed in on our referral database for all the referrals we have that are leaving California. There's a few of those. A couple. Yeah. <laughs> it's lessening, though. It's lessening. Thank As we God. get into the winter, people realize, like, do I really want to leave? Yeah. No, or no do one's I really looking... want to go to Florida and get hit by hurricanes? No. Like, no yeah. one's looking right now. Well, not yeah. no one. But yeah. Cool. And well, we're here in our, our temporary podcast studio. So we just moved into our new office. Everything's not completely done yet. It's a work in progress. But this is our first episode shooting in the new office. We just don't have the set. Yeah, this is uh, V1.0. We, we don't have our desk. We don't have the set. We don't have the sound. So it may be a little echoey. We're working on it. We will get it fixed. Um, but yeah, V1.0. Yeah. I think each week we should have something new in here. The desk. Yeah. The, we got the these like super fancy light tubes back here. Yeah, it brings a little bit of light, but not much. But yeah. it'll be better with the set. Cool. Cool. So let's dive into it. Um, we call this our core four. Um Go ahead and let's do an overview. What are what are the core four? Yeah, so we built this. This is an initiative we're rolling out within our team internally uh, for 2023 is to really help our agents stay focused on what are like the core things that every agent should focus on, regardless of, you know, strengths and weaknesses. These are like four that, in my opinion, every agent should be doing. And then I think every agent should add one or two things on top of this to layer that are something that plays to their strengths because some agents are much stronger. Like there's agents in our office who love being on the phone and they can make a hundred dials an hour and love every second of it. There's other agents who the thought of even making a hundred phone calls in an hour, like makes them break out in hives. So clearly like there's going to be different strokes for different folks in that regard. So I think it's really important to have like a foundation, a core that you focus on and then layer one, two things at most on top of it. The problem is there's so many agents right now that are layered 200 things on mm -hmm. top of it and they don't have a core four. They got so a core they're 90. just scattered all <laughs> over the freaking place. Yeah. Um, they're, they're playing 75 hard with themselves. They have 75 different things that they're trying to do, uh, making their lives really freaking hard. So, 
Um, yeah, we, new. I've never yeah, heard that before. It's new. I just made it up on the fly. You like it? I don't know. We'll I probably, see. I don't know if we can even use it. It's probably trademarked. Yeah, so. we're going to get sued right now. Andy Sorry. Purcell, I love you, bro. I saw you at uh, Agent 2021 in Miami. You're a cool yeah, dude. Like he was it. a very cool dude. Yeah, I like Andy a lot. Um, so we decided, like, let's focus on, like, what are the core four? And, and maybe this is different for different agents, different teams, different brokerages. But our core four, first and foremost, is your existing database. That's the number one most important thing in any business. When we talk about our existing database, that's going to be our sphere of influence. That's going to be our past clients, our future clients, our present clients, all of that. Like we really have to stay focused on that database. You could talk to any agent who's been in the industry for more than 10 years. And then I promise you their database um, and the things that comprise that database are their number one or number two source of business. So referrals, does that count in there too? The referrals that come from your database. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's other places you can collect referrals, but anything that comes from the database, right? Because we have those opportunities. We have referral opportunities. We have repeat client opportunities. We have so many opportunities within that database um, that that should be your primary focus. And when we talk about this core four, like probably 75% of the attention should be focused on this one um, you know, key pillar to your business. Okay. That's interesting. I like that. All right. So now let's go from order of importance. Number one is existing database. What's the second most important of the core four? Yeah, I would say, uh, specifically for our team is working the leads and the appointments that our team gives you. So making sure that you actually have a system and a process for when a leads get when a lead gets generated, you need you know the journey that that lead went on before it got to you, which is vitally important because a lead that you got from Zillow Flex that was live transferred to you versus a lead that came from pay per click versus a referral from you know, somebody like those are very different and you have to have a different approach with how you handle them and you need to make sure they get in the database, action plans get applied and, and the right stuff happens. So I would say that that's number two. I think social media is number three. I think every agent needs to have a social media presence. I'm not saying you need to spend hours a day and dance like an idiot um, to be good at social media, but you need to have a social media strategy um, where you are connecting because it actually ties back into number one, which is having your existing database on there. Um, and making sure you have a solid strategy for connecting on social. And then number four is open houses. I'm a huge open house fan. I love open houses. It's been one of our core uh, pillars here at Whistle for a long, long time. Any given year, we're doing anywhere from 50 to 100 deals a year just from open houses. And that's what we can directly track from the open houses. But there's so many other things that, that spin off of those open houses as well. Cool. And then... Before we get into, I want to dive in a little bit deeper into each one, but before we do that, because I don't want to leave people hanging, you said they, these are the core four, and we're obviously not doing 90, but you said one or two other things that they can focus on. Yeah. I mean, what so are those I'll other? give you a couple examples. Like on our fast forward movement mastermind today, we talked about expireds and FISBOs. Like that's a, that's a, another pillar you could add. Like if you love being on the phones, you have no fear of the phones. You, you're one of those who's like immune to getting, you know, cussed out and yelled at and you can push through that. Not, not a lot of people can, I don't, I can't like, that's not in my wheelhouse. I do not want to <laughs> be on the baby. phone. I could probably do that easy. You would literally be crying <laughs> in 30 minutes, Brian. Yeah, that's not for me. <laughs> yeah. You would be in tears curled up in a ball on the ground. That is not yours, nor is not mine either. I, that's. That's just not my jam. Yeah. Um, you know, we've got agents, a couple of the guys here in the office that go door knocking like regularly. 
that's not for everybody. There's there's people who think if they knock on a door, they're gonna like somebody's gonna take them in the house and throw them in the oven and cook them and eat them. Like there's there's you know there's people that that's not gonna fit their wheelhouse. Um, some people are amazing networkers. You got. I was just gonna say professional networking groups. Yeah, like some people are amazing at networking. You know, so that that's part of their strategy is being members of you know let's say four different networking groups. You're a member of the chamber, you're a member of like the entrepreneur organization, you're in a BNI group and a LATIP group. Like there's people that crush with networking. They're very good when you get them in front of people and they're very social. So those are just a few examples. Okay. Um, and then you, I mean, you could have a core strategy. It's like buying leads from this service. That's or like, there's a lot of other- I was just gonna um, say online leads. Like each individual, so a Zillow one versus pay-per-click, those would be different pillars, would you consider? Yes, cool. absolutely. All right, let's dive into, let's spend a couple minutes on each one. Um, first, let's talk about existing database. Yeah. Obviously, most of our time, energy, effort's going to go in there. Don't tell, don't tell the Acres of Diamond story again. You can Google it. Just don't, I don't want to hear it again today. Um, but, right, farm what we have. The story is don't go chase new leads. Talk to the leads you already have, which is your database. Yeah. There, there's the abbreviated version. TLC did a great song on that. About waterfalls. Um, so it's one of my karaoke songs. Is it really? Yeah, just the rap. Just the rap. I need two other people to go with me. I got you. I got the <laughs> other part. <laughs> okay. So, what are some strategies that we're going to be teaching our team to really dive into your existing database? Yeah. So we just finished part of this yesterday. We just had our biggest client event of the year. Um, we have four client events that we do every single year. The first thing I hear people say, we were talking about events um, on our mastermind today, and somebody was like, that's great, but what about for new agents? Fuck do you mean for new agents? Why, why can't you do a, an event as a new agent? Why do you have to be a big team to do an event? Like, I think that's, that's a limiting belief that some of us have. There's no reason you can't do a client event, even if you are a brand new agent in the industry. Does it have to be 750 people like we had last night? No, it could be seven. It could be two. Who cares? Like, yeah, there's like a little phrase I've learned. Like you could either say like, we're going to have a, an intimate get together or a little get together, something along those lines. What's the definition of a little get together? Is it two people, 20 people? I don't know. There's no, yep. there's literally yep. no definition. So <laughs> all there's of 200 words. people are like, well, I invited 2000. So yeah, yeah it's, it's little. <laughs> okay. So if you tell somebody, Hey, we're going to have a little get together then we're going to do a little, you know, wine, uh, and it's a paint and sip night kind of thing <laughs> with wine. Like, a little get together. If somebody shows up and there's four people, yeah, that's a little get together. If 40, eh, that could be a little get together too. So, I mean, I mean, you've also done Turkey Bowl. I mean, that's, yeah. That, that, I mean, that got a little bit bigger, but you've been doing it for what, 10 years now? Yeah. So, and that started with like 12, 12 guys. If that, yeah. yeah. Um, so, four events a year. For us, the four events we do, we do a movie night where you run out of movie theater. Um, we do a barbecue at the park. We do a fall festival at the park. Um, or pie giveaways, another one people do in the fall time that works really well. And then we do a holiday party and we have Santa and we do photos with Santa. Um, and those all are great. And now, like, if anybody's following me on social or Brian, like, you probably saw us post about we rented out the stadium. Like, we have a partnership with San Diego State Athletics and we get access to their facilities. So we got to do our event at a stadium. In your head, you're like, oh my gosh, like, that's so much money. Well, don't compare your chapter one to our chapter 20. Like that's our chapter 20 is renting out a brand new stadium. But I went to my friends 
event yesterday morning and he just had santa show up at the beach they put a christmas tree in the sand at the beach with That's a surfboard <laughs> it's literally a surfboard and a christmas tree with santa at the beach and all they did is they had to rent santa for a couple hours it cost them like 200 dollars. they didn't even have a photographer everybody would just show up and take a picture with their cell phone like it's about 200 bucks and get some coffee and some snacks or like that that's perfectly fucking normal like yeah. don't think you have to do what we do just because you see what we do that's great and that's actually a former agent of ours who did that so i love that because they were with our team they saw what it was like to spend all this money like i could do that but i don't have that budget and they found a way to still do it without spending uh, tens of thousands of dollars um, and I don't want to go too far into client events. But four client events a year. Yep. The key with the four client events, we mail invitations to everybody. We call, uh, email them invitations, and then we follow up with a call and a text message. So the good thing with that is if you do four events a year or more or less, however you choose to work with that, we're hitting people four times for those events because you're getting the hard mail, the email, the phone call, and the text message. So they're getting hit. That's 16 hits a year, 16 touches, right? There's and Gary Keller for, like popularized the 33 touch program, which was fantastic when he came out with it. Um, but today it takes more than 33 touches to engage somebody. And that's for everyone that we send it to in the database. But then those that register get six touches, you know, four or five leading up to it, one or two after the event. So it's... It, I mean, we can do 33 per event. It almost feels like. Yeah. And I mean, I've had opportunities. I had one recently. We did our fall festival. We invited somebody to the event. This person's never been to a single event, but got the invitation and responded back like, hey, I'm thinking about selling the condo you helped me buy a few years ago. And I haven't talked to this person in those few years. And it's not just a condo. It's a condo that's on the sand in Oceanside. And the guy owns the other two condos in the building. So he played real life Monopoly. It was $8 million. And he didn't even come to the event. He had no desire to come to the event. He just got the invitation to the event and was like, oh, it was just right place, right time. Because remember, when people say no, it's not a no. It's just a not yet. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, it was yet for him. That email hit him when it was yet. And now all of a sudden, the no, a.k.a. the not yet, became a yes. And yeah. it was just right place, right time. Because who doesn't want to get invited to a party? Everybody loves that. So four client events a year, four hits per client event. You could do anything. We've done Easter egg hunts, giving away pies. There's so many things you could do. Get sponsors. Your people use for title and your lenders. They can all help sponsor these events to offset cost. Um, we're doing, which now that we have our new studio, we'll be back on this. But uh, we were doing two emails a month to our database. The goal is to get that to one email a week to our database. Um, and you might be like, oh my gosh, that's way too often. No, it's not. Most people are getting like 300 emails a day. Mm -hmm. They don't even realize you emailed them five times in the, in the last week. Like they just, they don't, or four times in the last month. Sorry, we're not emailing every day. Four times in the last Thank month, God. you realize like <laughs> in a month, most people are getting like, what is it? 10,000 uh, 10, emails. So you're getting 300 a day times three. Just in three days, you're getting 1,000. Over the course of a month, you're getting like 10,000 emails. Do you think that your four emails really overloaded their inbox with four emails out of 10,000? Like, it, you didn't. No. I'm so close. four emails a month. Um, we're doing a lot of heavy video usage in those emails, mixing in some long copy text emails, um, but just staying in front of people and providing value in those. Um, so, I mean, those are kind of the core is just making sure we're getting an email out every single week, adding value. Um, and then we have them on those four client events a year, if they own a home or setting them up on HomeBot, 
HomeBot sends them an update once a month, lets them know what homes um, are selling for in their area. If there's somebody who's expressed interest in buying a home, then we put them onto um, our uh, YLOPA website. So they're starting to get updates when there's new properties that are coming up. And then all of these people are getting hit with remarketing from YLOPO. YLOPO and Whitley. And Whitley, yes. And I, I, I feel like we're shouting out everyone. Want to give a big shout out to Follow Boss. Um, who can't really do all this without Follow Boss. No. Yeah. <laughs> Follow Boss allows you, if you guys aren't familiar with it, Follow Boss is the, the hub of the wheel, and these are all the spokes that plug into it. Um, but Follow Boss is the best CRM in the industry, in my opinion. All right. We went, well, I think that was good. We went deep, but that's well, where we that's the most important start. one. Yep. Yeah. Um, so those are, those are the core. Um, and then this will tie into, we'll like jump around a little bit here, but it's fine. Brian's writing notes so we can stay on track. It's super important that you have all of these people added on social media. So everybody who's part of your database, your sphere, your past clients, future clients, present clients, you should be adding all these people on social. And then here's my number one social media strategy today is don't post. Don't post on social media. That's my strategy. The fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you don't post. All I want you doing is commenting. I think that we get far too obsessed with what we post on social media. It takes up so much of our time thinking about what am I going to post. We try to get creative, come up with funny things to say or videos to shoot or all this stuff. We get so consumed trying to come up with content to post that we don't do the most important thing, which is to actually engage with people. Because there's this saying, right? Nobody cares what you have to say until they know how much you care. And N nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah, all that stuff. <laughs> That's what I said. Um, <laughs> you got to show people you care. Nobody cares about your post. All this content you're creating, this stuff you're obsessing over, nobody's going to engage with your content if they don't know that you care. And so what I would encourage you to do is, all this time that you're spending trying to come up with content, stop and just start commenting on everybody else's post. So now when you see your friend just got the promotion at work, like engage with that content. When you see little Billy scored his first goal at the soccer game, like engage in your clients. Finally, post. Like, little Billy sucks. <laughs> just start <laughs> engaging with your clients and show them that you care. You'll get far better results if you spend 15 minutes a day engaging with your um, clientele and your, your database on social, then the 15 minutes you spend trying to come up with a post, it will get far better. I will challenge anybody on this earth that if you take the same amount of time to engage with other people as you're spending to post content, you'll get a better result engaging than you were posting. And so that should be part of your strategy. And then it's a little sales strategy I learned early in my career and it's called answer and ask or acknowledge and ask. So when you see somebody puts a post up, what you want to do is acknowledge the post, like little Billy scored a goal. Um, and then, oh, congrats, that's so awesome. Little Billy scored his goal. How did you celebrate? Acknowledge, ask. Or if somebody asks a question, like I, um, I asked a question about like lead sources, like what did you try for marketing that didn't work? Like answer the person's question, then ask a question so answer and then ask another question because then what happens is now that person responds in any social media platform if they see there was a post then there was a comment and then there was a response to the comment then you're going to respond back because your client's going to great and you try to keep this thing going as long as you can these social media platforms are like oh kyle and brian are like engaging 
with each other um, in conversation, I bet Brian wants to see Kyle's post. So now when I do choose to post content, it's going to put it front and center for Brian because Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, you know, YouTube, all these realize Brian and Kyle engage in conversation. Brian probably cares about the content Kyle posts. So it's going to put my content front and center for Brian. So now he's going to see my content. So that's another benefit of it. So one, not only does the client know that I care about them, but now when I do choose to post content, they're going to see my content. I was very anti what you said until you explained it. I, I knew you were waiting for something. I was yeah. like, you, I know you're wrong, but I didn't understand what you were going with. I like that a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm, and I've been so guilty of it. I've been so obsessed with just posting content and like, right, it, you get this like euphoria when you get a bunch of likes on a post and shares and views on a video. Like it makes you feel good, but is it really getting you business? I don't know, but I promise you if you engage with your database and you spend 15 minutes a day engaging with your database on social, you are going to get significantly better results than if you um, just post content all day long. Let's keep going. Let's skip team gen leads for now. Let's keep going on to social media. So we got that. That's my whole strategy on social media. Okay. Just engage with people. And I'm going to tell you short form video. Short form video on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. You can post the same one on all of them. Keep it under 60 seconds. Keep it vertical. You can post the same one on all of them. Um, and then choose so a song per platform. That's my tip. Well, here's what I would tell you too. I've, I've been really into the World Cup this year. If you watch the World Cup and you see the little banners around the, uh, the stadiums, YouTube Shorts is advertising. It doesn't say YouTube. It's YouTube Shorts specifically. You think if YouTube is spending money to advertise at the freaking World Cup, which is next to the Super Bowl, is probably the second most expensive place to advertise. Do you think if they're going to spend money to promote YouTube shorts at the World Cup, if they're doing that, they're going to reward those that create shorts on YouTube. Yep. So, um, and most people are seeing this. TikTok is fading pretty quickly. There was like a, a window there where you could go on TikTok and get millions of views on your first video. Like that window is all but closed. Um, so I know you've mentioned this, you're seeing better traction on Facebook reels right now. Yeah. I'm getting um, double or triple, uh, the amount of views Instagram, on but yeah. YouTube. So don't sleep YouTube shorts. The reason I like that one the most is because it's searchable. The, the organic behavior on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook is just to scroll. The organic behavior on YouTube is to search. So I want to be on the platform where not only is my video going to show up in the feed, but it's also going to show up in search results when somebody searches. So I think the long-term value of like, if, if I could only post on one, I'd only post on YouTube shorts moving forward, but it's not hard to post on all four of them. Um, so I think you should post on all four, but if I had to pick one, YouTube shorts would be the one I'd focus on. You can argue with it. It's fine. I know. I don't know if I agree. If I had to choose one, I think I'd, I'd choose Facebook. Um, one I'm getting, I, I realized why I'm getting engagement because I've spent the last 10 years building my Facebook um, I don't want to say audience, but my, my sphere on Facebook. Yeah. Um, and again, how I see utilizing social media as more of a way to um, kind of mine your database. Um, that's where you're going to get a lot more of those those conversations coming up. I swear I posted one video and three people hit me up to do videos for their business. And I was like, I don't really want to right now, but I'll do it. Yeah. Um, and so... Anyways, that's where I would go. All right, All right. So we are we only have a couple more minutes left. Yep. Let's go to team generated leads. Yeah. So obviously we are 
Our A team, we provide leads and appointments both to our agents. If you're a solo agent, you obviously don't have that. So you're just gonna replace this with your own leads that you're paying for. So now if you're paying for Google or Facebook or um, whatever it is. So you need to really understand the journey the lead went on before it showed up in your inbox, um, you know, on your, your phone as a phone call. Like you really gotta understand how did the lead get to you? What did they do before they got to you? So let's think about like a Zillow Flex lead. Like that lead went onto Zillow's website, saw a property they were interested in, filled out the form next to that property. They Then Zillow has their own internal um, ISA team, inside sales team that followed up with that lead and they have bots and all kinds of stuff. Their people followed up and then that lead said like, connect me with an agent. Like I wanna go see this home. And then they live transfer that phone call to you. Like the approach you're gonna take with that lead is drastically different than the lead that you got from pay-per-click. Because the lead from pay-per-click, we know that they went to Google, Bing, Yahoo, whatever. They did a search for La Mesa homes for sale. Your website happened to show up as a result. They clicked it, saw a property they were interested in, filled out the form, right? That person is much further up the funnel than the lead that Zillow live transferred to you that had they had already spoken to. So we got to understand we need to take different approaches with people based on where they're at in the funnel. Um, you know, the other thing, like on our team, we have inside sales associates on our own too. So we'll take that lead that went to pay-per-click, we'll nurture it, sift and sort through 100, 200 people to find the one that wants to transact, set an appointment, and then give it to an agent. Like that's a very different journey as well because that person is literally talked to our team and said like, yep, I wanna meet with Kyle to talk about selling my house. Can he come over Friday at 12 o'clock? Like that's a very different approach. Um, and then one more that we could talk about is like a referral from another agent. Like that person is in another city. A lot of times they're selling their home in, um, you know, in Menifee. Menifee, sure, we'll <laughs> go with that. Selling their home in Menifee and they wanna move down to San Diego. like. That person, they're working with another agent who already has a relationship with them, and they ask that agent, like, hey, who do you know in San Diego that can help me? Oh, you should talk to Kyle. So, like, that's a very different approach. So, I think we really got to understand the, the journey of the lead before it gets to us, first and foremost, and then we need to apply the right um, contact plan from that point or the right action plan from that point because we're going to approach each of those very, very differently. And so making sure that you think through all of that before you actually start getting these leads, I think is really, really important. And one other thing to note, which makes this uh, the reason it's a pillar is because usually there's not one, just because it may be one lead source, it's not one journey, right? It, Zillow used to have like nine different ways you can come in. You, they had to contact an agent, they filled out the form, they flex, there's what premier, well, all, all sorts of different ways. So make sure you know different ways. We, we use other... Um, other lead sources that do ads on Facebook and Google. And so it, there's all sorts of different ways to go. Cool. Last one, open houses. Yeah. So open houses, is a, that's one of my favorites, especially for newer agents, because it gives you an excuse to do so many additional things. Um, it gives you an excuse to put signs up all over the area with your brand or your name on them. Like where else can you do that? Because my boy Dan Beer is spending serious 
amounts of money to put his name on billboards all over the county. More importantly, I don't think his name is on it. His face is his on face it for sure. His face is on his name's on it. Like <laughs> you can do these open houses and you can put your your name, your brand all over the place every single weekend for free other than the cost of the signs. Yeah. I've had people ask me all the time if I had like $500 to spend, what would I spend it on? Open house signs. I, that would be my investment because um, I could reuse those for years. So it gives you an excuse to put signs all over the neighborhood. It gives you an excuse to go knock on people's doors in the neighborhood. You're going to get far less upset people at the door when you're inviting them to come see a house in the neighborhood, especially if you decide to bring in uh, food or drinks to that open house. So it gives you an excuse to knock on doors. It gives you an excuse to call everybody in the neighborhood. It gives you um, an excuse to post on social media to promote your open house. You get to do all these things that otherwise would be tough to do because knocking on a door just to say like, hey, I'm the local realtor, like that's hard. Making a phone call, hey, I'm the local realtor. Those are hard things to do. But when you have an open house as you're in to open up the conversation, it becomes a lot easier. So it gives you all that. And then the best part is if you promote it properly, then you get to sit in a house and people who have some level of motivation walk through the door and like say hi and shake your hand face to face. Like not, a, and I'm not chasing down Donald Duck at Disneyland.com. Like that's Bob Smith walking in the door. Like I get to have a conversation. I get to shake his hand. He can't like, he's not going to cuss me out in my face. He's not going to run away from me. He's not going to slam the door. Like we're going to be in a conversation. And most of us are much better face to face with people than we are over the phone or over email. So the fact I get face to face with people that are walking in the door and don't tell me every person who walks through the door doesn't have some level of interest. They would have not walked through that door if they didn't have some level of interest in real estate, whether they're thinking about buying or they're a neighbor, the neighbors come in because they own freaking homes and they're going to buy a home someday. And if they don't own a home, they're renting a home and they're going to buy a home someday. So like every person who comes through the door to an open house is an opportunity. And I can't tell you how many times being a neighbor, walking into a neighbor's open house, I just go, you know, I see the sign and being in real estate, I'm interested. Um, and so I stop in. And then I go, oh, this house would be really good for so-and-so. Or, you know, two days later, I'm at dinner and they go, oh, I'm looking for a house. But literally just saw one. Like I, as someone in real estate who manages the media team who photographs all of our properties, will be like, what about the house four doors down for me that's listed by someone with a different brokerage? I will think of that that's top of mind as opposed to the one that our team photographed this morning. It's it's crazy. Yeah. So absolutely. Um, anything else you want to add to open houses? I think that's great. I, I think, again, you got to have a strategy behind it. So you get to door knock, you get to make phone calls, post on social, put your signs up, meet people face to face. Then just make sure you have a follow up strategy. Um, we talked about HomeBot earlier. Everybody should go on HomeBot that owns a home. Everybody should start getting your content on a weekly basis. Everybody should start getting invited to your events. It all starts to tie in because your open houses are actually feeding your database. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, again, getting face to face is. It's great because you're not too busy to answer the phone at that point when you're at an open house. You're you're there. You're not gonna be yeah. like, sorry, I'm too busy. I'm gonna do my email. Like that doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, and I always tell people when I talk to them about our media mayor mastermind, I'm like, the best part of the series is getting Kyle belly to belly with a business owner who owns one or multiple businesses in the city that we do work in. That's where he's best. Yep. Let's get him in front of there and work that way. So yeah. absolutely. And again, all this costs you is the initial investment in the science. And outside of that, it's just some sweat equity after that. Like you don't have to spend a ton of money. So especially for those that are newer 
and don't have a big budget. Like this is one of the best ways to build your business. And now you're meeting people in the neighborhood. And then you see if you do them in the same general area, they see your signs over and over and over again. They walk through the door, they meet you over and over again. They start to build a relationship with you. And it's a lot easier for them to transact with you once they've done that. Kyle, before we transition into our Whistle Widget of the Week, something we use on a daily or weekly basis that saves us time, makes us money, blah, 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 blah. I don't remember the spiel. I was pretty close, though. Um, let people know that are listening or watching still what, what we would like them to do. What do we want them to do? Like, follow, share, yeah, comment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so if you're uh, listening or watching, <laughs> Tom's cracking up if you're there. listening on a podcast platform, if you could hook us up with a review, that means a lot to us. It's really hard to get reviews on your podcast. Uh, so if you take the time to write a review on our podcast, that would really mean a lot to us. So it'd be greatly appreciated. And if you're watching on YouTube, if you can hit the thumbs up button, let YouTube know you're enjoying it. Um, and if you want more of our content, hit the subscribe button, the little bell, YouTube will take care of the rest. And if you have questions, throw them in the comment section. Brian and I personally respond to all the comments in there. Cool. So let's, uh, jump into our whistle widget of the week. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give it the right way. So Tom Please can do. cut the footage accordingly. <laughs> so, um, the last thing we like to do before we wrap is to share something that we utilize in our business that either saves us time, makes us more money, or just helps us have more fun. So what do you got, Brian? I was pretty close to that. I'm going to use something. I'm sure we've talked about it before, but we're utilizing it literally today in our podcast before we were using the Mevo camera. Never really a big fan of it. It could do some cool things like we can have different scenes. Um, cool concept, not the highest quality. And we bought it like four years ago. Um, now we're using our 4K camcorder and um, the, the tool on the back end that we're using to be able to switch scenes and soon be able to live stream to multiple places at once. The program we're using is called OBS Studio. So OBS Studio will allow us to have uh, Tom be able to cut in on me, do a wide shot, cut in on you, um, and do all this. The great thing is it's free. Um, and then we can, from there, use another program to stream. But uh, the, the best thing about this is, rather than filming it now, Tom's setting to make sure our audio is good, and then sending it off to our editor to cut into the scenes, Tom can do that live and it cuts our editing down time down from four hours to 45 minutes. I like that. So it will, using the software with one camera, make it appear like it has multiple angles. Yep. I like that. All right, cool. Uh, mine is, this one I actually just started using um, and I found out that it was now named the app of the year um, on iPhone. And it is called, well, this one, it's unique. What it does it's is... not so unique anymore, but I'll tell you about that in a second. <laughs> it's, uh, it's different than the other platforms, at least currently. Um, what it does is just once a day, all you do is post one time a day. You get a little reminder on your phone. You take a picture of whatever it is that you're doing at that time. And then you take a picture of your face to show kind of the emotion um, that you're experiencing at that time. So it's very unique. Um, and the app is called Be Real. This is literally the app of the year on iPhone called Be Real. Um, so I just got it. There's not a lot of people in my community on it. I have like 10 people I know that are on it. So it still seems to be up and coming, but it's already been named app of the year. Um, so it's something we're dabbling in. We always like to spend you know a little bit of time and attention dabbling in new stuff while focusing, right? Like we talked about our core four. You should have your core four like in social. It's um, you know, Facebook. YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn is another one. Um, you should have your core, but you should dabble in these new ones. But I think the fact that this thing got hit with app of the year now, I think that's going to help it get a little more traction. We'll see where it goes, but that's what I'm dabbling in right now. Well, and uh, TikTok was always famously getting ripped off by Instagram 
TikTok is now doing the same. I noticed it about two or three weeks ago. They're doing the same thing. They're ripping off Be Real? Yeah, they are. So they're like, screw you, Instagram, but I'm going to do it anyways. Uh, Yeah, so we're going (laughs) to steal this idea before it blows up, just like Instagram does to us. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Well, so far, it's the app of the year, so we'll see where it goes. Um, Hopefully, you guys got some value out of the show today. Again, I'm Kyle Whistle with eXp Realty. I'm Brian Kochi. We'll see you next time. Later, guys.